millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Stu. And this is Bad Screenplays. We've been writing screenplays for years, but couldn't get anyone to read them. On each episode, I read an unsolicited script. And I read one. We pull them apart and decide if they're any good, but mostly try and have fun with them. Maybe these screenplays will attract attention or get greenlit by First Draft Productions, our own fictional production company. I planned on introducing a new uh, segment on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Hear me out. Maybe you've been listening to the podcast and you like it, but you haven't written a screenplay, never written, like, or never even tried to write a screenplay, or you've got one half written, or you've got some ideas. I was going to propose that me and you, Stu, write a couple of, like, dead silly, funny, like, fake loglines. Like, you make up your own film in a log line <laughs> so we'll just write two or, two or three you can just take an existing one and just change some of the elements of it and stuff like that but if people want to send those in there bad log lines uh, yeah please do send them in and then maybe at the end, end of the podcast we'll see if it, see if, uh, if we enjoy it see if it, it takes off yeah good idea very good yeah because like you say not everyone's got a play ready to uh, send in but you know, a couple minutes thinking I'm sure you can come up with a good log line definitely and I think we'll end up coming up with ones along the lines of like youth hosteling with um, Chris Eubank. <laughs> Monkey tennis. Cooking in prison. Cooking in prison. Which more and more of these are actually getting made. There's a list of, I think, inner city sumo happened. <laughs> um, youth, uh... host- youth hosteling with Chris Eubank happened. And co- cooking in prison happened. <laughs> cooking in prison. It's Accidental Partridge, if no one's heard of it. Alan Partridge. I know he's actually, he's pretty famous stateside as well. Steve Coogan, Alan Partridge. Mm-hmm. But there's a Accidental Partridge, which you'll find on, uh, I think, Reddit, probably Facebook, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's every incident of a presenter or somebody actually doing something Partridge would have done. Um, 
<laughs> and it's just it's brilliant and you see a lot of those um those tv shows get made that way as well you know with these stupid yeah. concepts but that yeah someone's commissioning them it's great there's a um if you if you're not familiar there's a tv presenter called richard madeley and um I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure who the american equivalent is but he's basically been presenting like a really really broad really inoffensive nonsense like morning tv show where it's like a like a couple just talk about just shite basically just talk about general crack it's like the fourth hour of the today show all right okay there you go and this man is he is alan partridge he, he like even more and more like they've written some recent alan partridge stuff which isn't as good as the older <laughs> stuff but watching richard mealy on anything it's it's better than any of the stuff that they write nowadays for alan partridge like some of the stuff he comes out with it's so it's so good. He's he's got no filter. His no. brain just comes out with this stuff. He, he's talking about quicksand or something, wasn't he? On um, on <laughs> breakfast television for some bizarre reason. He's talking about quicksand with the, you know, they come back from commercial. He's going, yeah, it wasn't normal sand. It was quicksand. And I have to tell you what, that is a horrible way to die. Go welcome back everybody. It's uh, ten a.m. and it's just like, what are you? What are you? <laughs> It's like he's been on the t- on the TV on the telly for about thirty years. Uh, it's just normal for him to be in front of a camera, so he doesn't yeah. go, "Oh, look, the cameras are on." I better, I better you know, play up for the TV. Like, <laughs> you, you know, that's exactly what he's like all the time. So yeah, um, there was another one I saw on Twitter, and it was uh, ruin a film by changing one letter or adding one letter. I'm just going to read a few of these down now. Go on. Um, so we got. Fantastic breasts and where to find them. Shartnado. <laughs> Shartnado. Beauty in the yeast. Harry <laughs> uh, <laughs> Potter. <laughs> Hobo Cop. Uh, nice. I'll watch that <laughs> this movie. One, depending on how you look at it, it can be quite sexy. Um, how to drain your dragon. <laughs> <laughs> a top none. Silence of the lamps. Bill nice. Bill. That's just wrong. Bill Bill. The, the filth element. Huh. It's about the filth in it. Filth, mate. <laughs> Sad Max. <laughs> <laughs> just depressing. <laughs> and last, lastly, but not least. <laughs> Star Wars, a new hole. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Oh, very good. Oh, very good. This week, I haven't really watched anything. I've dip, dipped in and out of um, just TV mm-hmm. dramas and things. Uh, line of Duty. I don't know if you're a Line of Duty watcher. But Started watching it recently. Yeah. Um, eh, Marmite. Yeah, same, you know. it's. I feel like some parts of it are really good. Yeah. And it's like a really compelling, tightly wound story. And then halfway through one of the seasons, it just goes utterly ridiculous and dead yeah. far-fetched all of a sudden. And it just, right. it just rips me out of it. And it's and season six has just started on the BBC. So um, I watched right. the first episode of, uh, of that series. Yeah. Which was... It's all right. It's, you, it's, you've got to pay attention. Like, yeah. there's so many acronyms or... I just find myself glazing. You zone out for a second, like you're listening. 
what's that noise outside? And you come back and they're going, but where is Terry? And you go, Terry? Who's Terry? <laughs> <laughs> and know, then so, so you... someone's being like cross-examined over the, the little bit that you missed and you're like, oh fuck, I didn't see that bit. Yeah, yeah. And that becomes a major plot point and you're going, oh <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> yeah, so um, little TV drama. Um, playing quite a lot of Call of Duty this week. Oh, I'm good. Back, I... back in Verdansk. Doing playing, uh, um, yeah. Playing Have you got a crew, or what's the deal with it? You're just blast them around by yourself. I used to, I used to have a crew, mm. actual friends, not just internet people. Like, like four, four or five of us, you know, round here, all have PlayStations and Xboxes, and we were like, all right. So we all just it, those were good games you know nice. yeah, yeah. got the comms yeah, it was, that was good but everyone's kind of dropped off um, and I did too actually um, mm-hmm. so now I'm just just going solo just causing havoc and <laughs> nice. shooting, down, shooting down helicopters yeah that's great. I like it I like it on the games notes I started to listen to a really good games podcast called uh, Triple Click oh nice it's really good I think a couple of them are like games writer, uh, writers for for Kotaku I think a few of them were really uh, and they they're all game journalists but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not playing as many games as I'd probably like to at the minute because they're just working like crazy hours yeah. and, um, with a baby and moving house and all that sort of thing so I'm only really playing stuff on my Switch so I played someone called Hades recently which is excellent nice um, but listening to these guys talk about games it's it's just dead refreshing I can get up, I can get up to date with everything again you know because like, I used to read Kotaku religiously and play like the latest bits and bobs but um, right. it's good listening to these guys talk about it and give different insights and all that and um, something that totally passed me by was um, Microsoft bought ZeniMax which uh, which own Bethesda which creates Elder Scrolls and Fallout and you know um, Prey Microsoft just bought them they bought them last year for wow. eight billion dollars oh now put that into context there might be people listening to this who I'm familiar with Bethesda or Fallout or Elder Scrolls. Disney bought Star Wars for four billion dollars. Hmm. Just you know, it, it's, yeah. it sort of lays up the sort of the gravity of the size of that acquisition. It's That's insane. huge, man. That's huge. Double what Disney paid for for the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Exactly, and they'll probably did Lucas get four billion from Disney? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and then Disney made. Um, the first of those films which was called The Force Awakens which turned over just in revenue from ticket sales worldwide uh, 1 billion dollars and then you know that they like they generally quadruple the the film sales ticket sales on merchandise and on uh, merchant theme parks yeah you know they they make it back fourfold or whatever so um, they made that's paid for itself hasn't it yeah but then if Bethesda releases an Elder Scrolls game in the next year or two, that's going to go and sell 20 million, 30 million copies at 60, 60 pounds, $70 a pop, you know. So, you know, it all's going to add up somewhere down the line. You know what they're doing. Fallout is huge as well. And yeah, that's serious merch too. You know, that's not just games. That's There's a whole world of revenue streams for that, you know. It's an identifiable brand as much as it's a game, isn't it? It's like it's kind of like Final Fantasy or Zelda now, isn't it? Fallout. Yeah. I, I mean, as is the Elder Scrolls, it's not as well known, but Skyrim was an absolute juggernaut of a game. Mm. It's yeah, just yeah. Kept going and going and going. People are like still buying it now on Switch and stuff. 
but um but yeah that's what i've been doing this week listening to triple click podcast really good nice very good um, speaking of podcast you we've got one haven't we uh we have got a podcast and um, you're listening to it right now you certainly are i'm gonna read a couple of scripts <laughs> we're gonna read some scripts and um the first one i'm reading the first one right uh, why not? I don't know. Go for last, it. <laughs> last week you read Sea Level Threat and then I read Alien Hospital. No. No? Oh, no. 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 Ignore me. Ignore you me. You read Lord of the Rings 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I read yeah. Yeah. Time Machine. Like the crumpled up cardboard oh, that's Time Machine. Right, that's right. So you are going first this week okay. with the script that I have sent you called and this is by this isn't a uh, you know any old script this is by johnny blaze this is by johnny blaze johnny blaze and it's his 2011 screenplay castle trouble castle trouble in case you missed what happens at the beginning i read the screenplay i've never seen before means you talk about it and then Stu read the screenplay um, he's never read before and we talk about it and we have a little bit of fun that's it and so, Jonathan Blaze is Ghost Rider, isn't he? Really? Mm-hmm. I think instead of Anon, a lot of uh, screenwriters make up a name. <laughs> or just steal one from Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't do a Nicolas Cage impression. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that uh, what's that I have <laughs> I just googled him Nicholas Cage uh, overacting and one of them was I'm a vampire <laughs> I, I don't uh, know no idea what film it's off Nicholas <laughs> Cage I'm a vampire oh I love it <laughs> <laughs> well there we go Thanks, Nicholas uh, Apparently, um, on Ghost Rider, I can't remember if it's the first or the second one. I haven't actually seen the film. Films. Um, they got like so far into production, and it turns out they overspent, and so they didn't have, didn't have enough money for a big helicopter crash scene. Um, oh. <laughs> and Nicholas Cage decided it was pivotal to the film, and so got them to work out on what it was going to cost it was going to cost construction special effects you know mm. VFX and everyone else I say it was going to cost an extra like two and a half million just for this um, well, set, yeah. set piece he paid for it himself out of his own pocket what yeah serious for 5% of merch and an executive producer credit probably yeah and he yeah. gets 10p every time someone says Johnny Blaze out loud he gets 50p every time someone shouts I'm a vampire I'm a vampire <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Johnny anyway, Blaze, uh, Castle Trouble. Let's go. Fade in. External, Scottish Castle, night. Thunder and lightning crash across the sky. A horse-drawn carriage waits near the heavy wood and iron door. The castle is obviously abandoned. Obviously. Flicker of candlelight can be seen from an upper window. Spooky. It starts to rain. Mm. Can you hear that rain, Stu? Oh, it's drumming down, isn't it? It really is. Internal Scottish Castle Night. Danny and Connor walk slowly down the long hallway. They're carrying a large bag between them and admiring the suits of armour and various treasures that lie in the hallway. Though they are in their late 20s, their bag is straining them. Oh, okay, so it's heavy bag. Mm. Danny, Connor, 
This place gives me the creeps. You have got bad timing to suggest these trips. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, it's like George Lucas dialogue. Danny drops his half of the bag. It lands on his foot. Danny continued, Ouch, that bag is heavy! <laughs> oh, God. Connor's trying not to laugh. <laughs> Why did you stop, you weakling? Uh. Danny, because it's heavy. Danny puts his hand up, quieting Connor. The thud of heavy footsteps comes from just out of their candlelight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Danny, what is that, Connor? Thunder rolls in the distance, and rain is blown against the window. Connor holds his candle in the space between their faces. It's the weather, little brother. There's a rolling crash of thunder. During the thunder, a voice is heard. Ghost. <laughs> character's called the ghost. ghost. Character's called Ghost. Character's called Ghost. In a Scottish castle. Oh, so it's a Scottish ghost. <laughs> Scottish ghost. <laughs> Leave this place now. <laughs> Scottish castle. Reminds me of him. The setting reminds me of the Highlander. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Highlander so much, man. So good. Where you're from, Nash? Lots of different places. <laughs> Basically trying to... Well, whatever Christopher Lambert was from, he definitely wasn't from Scotland. <laughs> no, definitely not. I think they tried to make out... that was, He had this uh, un- peculiar European, Eastern European accent or wherever he's from. I have to Google that. Mm. And they just palmed it up by saying, oh, yeah, he's lived for a few hundred years. He's been all over the world, and so he's got a non-discernible accent. Anyway, let's move on. Scottish ghost... Leave this place now. Connor's candle begins to shake. Danny nods in approval. <laughs> that sounded like a voice. Connor drops his half of the bag. <laughs> Who's scared now, big brother? Connor, come on, help me pick this up and let's get out of here. They pick up the bag and turn. There's a flash of lightning. In the mirror is a reflection of a Scottish noble in full kilt and dress. I'm telling you to fucking stand up, you sack of fucking cunt. Stand the fuck up. Everything about the man is regal, except the features of a long dead man. <laughs> a long dead man? Or a, a, a long, long, a long dead, dead man. man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a long man who's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Cheekbones <laughs> like razors. Death grey skin and the major fact that he is transparent oh there's that he's transparent yeah. the major fact that he's transparent of course yeah. <laughs> Danny okay. and Connor look at the mirror and then each other and the ghost disappears <laughs> Danny Connor <laughs> yes Danny was there just a man in the mirror <laughs> man in the mirror ah talking <laughs> Tune, lad. Is <laughs> Michael Jackson in a kilt? That, that would be fucking terrifying. Danny, was there just a man in the mirror that disappeared? Connor, I saw it too, brother. There's a huge thunder crash. A nearby window blows up. Danny and Connor glance at each other. Stark terror in their eyes. Danny and Connor together. Let's go now. Danny and Connor hobble down the hallway, struggling to hold onto their bag. <laughs> An orb of light appears in front of Danny and Connor. It slowly transforms into the ghost. Now that is quite scary, actually, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> I think I'd probably shit me pants if I saw that. Drop the bag. Must be something important in the bag if they're... There must be. It's heavy as well. Yeah. Danny and Connor are transfixed by the amazing sight. They are now standing face to face with a long-dead Scottish noble. A ghost. 
Oh! A bony finger points at them. The ghost speaks in a booming tone that travels through the whole <laughs> castle. Where do you think you are? It's some fucking Regency costume drama. Oh, man. A, a big booming scot. I just think, I can't help but think of Malcolm Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> can't help it. Scottish voice just goes straight to Malcolm Tucker. Oh, you have to do that now. <laughs> Stand in the corner! Stand in the corner! Or I will perform a fucking living autopsy on you! (laughs) I just want everyone to be aware that I'm about to use some rather violent sexual imagery. And I just wanted to make sure everyone was okay with that. (laughs) Graphic, violent sexual imagery. Is that what he said? Something like that. I think so, yeah. He's got so many good quotes, man. It's non-stop. If you... I think a while ago I looked up Mike Malkin Tucker's best quotes and the video was about 15 minutes long and each clip was about three seconds long and it was just one after another, bang, bang. How much is ad-lib and how much is written by Ianucci? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, in order for him to embody that character so well and for it to have that feel, some of it's got to be ad-libbed. But then every time I've seen Armando Iannucci, like on like long-form conversations, He's just an exact line between Alan Partridge and Malcolm Tucker. Really? Yeah. He's got yeah. That, that that brilliantly sort of a, like playful, silly Alan Partridge side, but then that sort of like like whiplash wit and I'll like cut you in half. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of them will have been written ready to be teed up, but then I think obviously the delivery and the whole motion and the way he behaved, Malcolm Tucker's, that's part of it as well, isn't it? It was either written for Capaldi or, like, Peter Capaldi's a freaking genius, or both is true. Like, he just plays it so well. And you know what? I I love Thick of It um, and In the Loop, and Tucker is, you know, I quote him... I wouldn't say daily, but at least weekly with my friend. I used to say, fuckity bye. Every time I hang out with a friend of mine, <laughs> come the fuck in or fuck the fuck off. Um, you need to be in the right company to quote Park and talk you, you do, you do. But um, through work, um, we, we had a lot of political stories over the last, um, the last year or two in London. Mm. And one of our regulars on the set was Alastair Campbell. Oh shit! The real wow. life embodiment of Malcolm Tucker. So I'm there standing there. I put wow. a microphone on. Uh, I put a mic on um, Mr. Campbell. Get him all set up and you know get him get him ready to go on TV. Yeah. And I just stand back and I'm just sort of I'm doing that thing where like some some groupie would stare at like a member of One Direction. They're just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just look, my head's down, but my eyes are like looking up slightly. Yeah. I'm like, there he is, it's Malcolm Tucker. It's the real, it's the real Malcolm Tucker. <laughs> no way. He's no so way. nice though. Oh really? Yeah, he's really nice. Oh, but that's, that's almost the half of the enjoyment. Like, you know, back at his, it's like meeting a boxer who's retired, you know, you're in awe of what they, were yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. What, you know so the time you know the power and the um... yeah <laughs> that's how he mostly pops up nowadays but i imagine when he was in in number 10 when he was in that role when it was like an insane pressure when he was dealing with like firefights when he's firefighting daily yeah you, you know that's exactly what he was like just like exactly yeah <laughs> amazing i love it it's so good right A bony finger points at them. 
The ghost speaks in a booming tone that travels through the whole castle. <laughs> fuck the fuck off! <laughs> I think you're going to have to smatter this dialogue with uh, top swearing. I'm, I'm going to sprinkle it with some um, acerbic sort of sprinkles. Graphic um. sexual imagery. <laughs> <laughs> what did you ask for in the, in the barber's Disney fucking print? <laughs> the ghost draws his sword and screams a battle cry in an unknown tongue. I will summon more, leave now. The ghost glides towards Danny and Connor. They run back where they came. Flashes of lightning illuminating every step. The ghost follows as Danny and Connor knock down suits of armour and various other treasures in their panic run. They shoulder block a door, trying to force it open. Danny points to an open door across the hall. There, Connor! They trip, trip over their bag, landing on the rich carpet with a thud. Terrified beyond words, they look at the approaching ghost and then their bag. Connor, grab the bag! <laughs> Grabbing their hand holds. Grabbing their hand holds, Danny and Connor crawl into the room and slam the door. First draft productions, that's the way it's going to be said. <laughs> yeah. That's it, as seen. Uh, there is heavy breathing and silence. The room disappears into blackness. Big game trophy room, internal. There's a flash of lightning which illuminates... Which illuminates the illuminates the murky depths. <laughs> uh, We're well, essentially proofreading this for Johnny Blaze, aren't we? We are, yeah. You're welcome, Johnny. <laughs> Act the script editors for this, uh, for this person will send them our, our notes. <laughs> Big game of every variety adorns the room. A full-size bird is standing over them. Danny and Connor. Ah, aha! I remember seeing on um, oh God, was it the trip, uh, the, the film version of the trip, where um, uh, <coughs> Rob Brydon did an impression of it. He said, "Do you want to see? Do you, would you like to see my Steve Coogan impression?" He just goes, <laughs> Realizing the animals are dead, they both stop screaming. Danny and Connor look around the room, embarrassed, though they are alone. Their attention stops on the door. It's a big, heavy and old door, enough to stop a strong man in his tracks. Connor, that door would stop any man. But there's no way it'll stop a ghost. The, the ghost floats through the door. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. That was good comedy time. Danny slowly turns to Connor. You're right about that. Let's go! Ghost, you can't hide from me! <laughs> Danny and Connor struggle with their bag. Connor, I think he's right. Danny and Connor get the bag up on their shoulders and run out of the room, knocking over the bear on <laughs> their way. <laughs> oh. I, I wait um, uh, as a joiner on End of the Road Festival once, and they had a massive bear. Like, she was huge, it was about nine foot tall. Really? Um, and the, the art department there did a fantastic job. But. It was covered in plaster and then painted, and it was slowly like leaning forward. <laughs> and the next day, it was leaning forward even more. The next day, it was leaning further forward. It looked like it was lurching, and there's people stood it, getting photos taken. And I was like, "Oh god, that's gonna <laughs> kill someone!" Yeah, yeah. Put a time lapse camera on that because that's gonna that's coming down. <laughs> oh man. They had to like get like a, a cane. Is that the bear was holding a walking stick and prop it up, shove the cane under its arm, <laughs> like they do with old trees. They give it a little <laughs> yeah. crutch. 
yeah. They also had this um, this old uh, Jaguar that they've they used as part of every exhibition. If you Google ends of the road, you'll see a picture of this Jaguar because they use it every year. And they put it out in the main field in front of them, like the, the sign for the main stage for the first time as opposed to out the way. And within hours, there was kids jumping up and down. <laughs> really? Yeah. People just letting the kids let loose on this old jag. We had to get, get rid of it because one of them was going to end up going through the windscreen. <laughs> Freaking animals. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's like, it's white and black. Yeah, nice. Dangerous. Oh, you're looking? Yeah, I just had a look, jag. Yeah. I think what year did I wear Chopping there? up and down the road. Oh, man. I was going to injure someone. Okay. Cut to Castle Kitchen. Danny and Connor heave the bag over a large stone counter and dive over after it. Danny, you're the older brother, Connor. What in the bloody blazes do we do? <laughs> There's a huge ruckus of pots, pans, etc., crashing against the stone. POV, Connor looking around the counter. The ghost breezes through the room. Everywhere it goes, the metal flies, ricocheting off the walls. Really deadly speed. It's like poltergeist stuff, like throwing pans across the room and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Clang. Yeah, we're talking about this quite a lot. <laughs> Whoa, was that used to? What? <laughs> uh... I uh, that Battersea poltergeist podcast I was listening to, which is genuinely quite fucking upsetting. Um, goes into detail about this girl that was like the focus of a poltergeist and the ghost obsessed over her but was throwing things across the room and um, the family responded by calling the ghost Donald <laughs> Donald <laughs> Donald and his voice actors and it's just no it's just Donald isn't it <laughs> and there's like a sceptic uncle it can't be a ghost surely not there's no such thing as ghost and then the girl's like no it's just Donald oh my god there's a lot of it that and it's yeah it's horrible <laughs> Um Connor ducks behind the counter the ghost gives a bone-rattling scream. Ah! Danny and Connor cover their ears, wincing in pain. Ghost, you will die! Wow. <laughs> Connor, no death for us tonight, thanks. Grab the bag, Danny. <laughs> Just like, calm, cool. Yeah, he's quite chipper. Yeah. They run out of the kitchen, dodging the kitchen projectiles. Castle Hall. Danny and Connor drag the bag down the hall, their foot falls heavy with fear and exhaustion. Danny. Connor? Connor. Yes, dearest brother. <laughs> if you get out of here, Connor, I'm going to kill you. Violin, <laughs> music, violin music creeps into the background. Danny and Connor proceed without noticing it. Danny stands up straight, a confused look on his face. I hear violin music. <laughs> you would you would poo your pants, wouldn't you? Oh you're my god. A, you're in a castle. Being chased by Malcolm Tucker Ghost and you hear violin music. And you heard that? Yeah, oh yeah. Nope. Connor drops the bag and slumps his shoulders. Danny jumps back from a foot crushing. Hmm. <laughs> Connor, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Where's it coming from? <laughs> they look at the banquet room doors at the end of the hallway. Lightning flashes silently. They simultaneously point at the door. Danny. There. Now dragging their bag, they begin to walk. Lightning increases as they get closer to the doors. Danny. Stupid question, Connor, but why are we walking towards this? Connor, we have to go through there to get to the other side of the castle, little brother. Thunder crashes, sending them running through the doors. Smash cut to 
still not familiar with what a smash cut is, you know. I think it's like a sudden thing. So if you go like, um, yeah, there's no way I'm getting on that train. No way. I'm not getting on that train. And then it goes like, just click the frame and there you are. You're sitting on the train. Okay. Isn't no that transition, like a, no introduction to the scene. No, truck no scene. just you're straight into it. Like It sounds sounds like as, as good a suggestion as, as any man. It sounds like... Right. A, I'm going to have to look into that one, actually. Yeah. It sounds like something like an action film, but obviously the um, terminology and film and TV is very specific. It doesn't necessarily mean what it sounds right. like, does it? Yeah. Okay. Like, there's a role I learned fairly recently in film and TV of best boy. And best boy isn't necessarily always a male. You can have a female best boy. Sure. That just doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me. <laughs> and they just sit in the corner wearing a crown, looking smug. <laughs> best, or you just give the best boy role to like a Labrador. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh he's the best uh, boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> On his collar, just says best boy. <laughs> Everyone's pleased to see him. <laughs> oh, he's so good today, wasn't he? Yeah, he's the best. That'd be awesome. And on the credits, it's just one name. Because <laughs> it's a dog. <laughs> just like Archie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually a really good job, and it's a really difficult job. And it's, it's something to do with electrics and lighting, isn't it? What does it do? I don't know what Best Boy does. <laughs> need to Google it now. That's so Reddit. Good boy. Oh, my God. This good boy. Ugh. Best Boy is a crew member who serves as the chief assistant to either the gaffer or the key grip. Chief assistant to the gaffer? Or the grip. A Best Boy. Do you know, it's like a well-paid job. Do these names, like these job titles, they must come from the early days of film in Hollywood or something like it? Yeah, surely. They have to, don't they? And they just stuck around. Yeah. Like the grip is just the guy who grips the... The, the track for the camera together, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, is it? I don't know. I thought grip was fuck. <laughs> and this is why we've never. <laughs> I work on film sets as a living. I know. And I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, work on t- I work on TV. Grip. I well, uh, when we talk about grip in television, grip is anything like clamps, boom arms light stands like mechanisms to hold up antenna lights cameras tripod would not really be grip but I don't know it must be different in film yeah surely it does doesn't it I don't know I've usually done my job and then we bugger off and then the crew yeah. turn up and with all the strange <laughs> job titles you go, check the, you go check the best boy for a walk <laughs> <laughs> or the best boy shit again <laughs> yeah you got a bag <laughs> Back, or they uh, bring like tea and coffee, and then there's like a little box of treats for the best boy. <laughs> Castle mm. Banquet Hall, an undead waltz in full swing. It's got a bit Disney, Disney haunted house now, isn't it? An undead waltz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Okay, I love the ghosts doing a waltz. That is a lot. It's not like it's not Christoph waltz. An undead Christoph waltz. No way, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, the band, dancers, and guests are all ghosts. Danny and Connor try to walk through the party. Yeah, obviously that's what you're gonna do. 
Danny catches the, a, a female ghost's eye. She's beautiful, aside from the fact that she's transparent and glowing. Female ghost. How about a dance, mister? With a scream, Danny and Connor hoist the bag and run towards the doors to the far side of the hall. The female ghost cackles as she transforms into a near skeleton. Okay. <laughs> the other ghosts join in an undead laugh. They get pranked by ghosts and like, laughed at, buzzed off. Chases Danny and Connor out of the room. Danny and Connor slam the heavy door behind them. Passes the they are in a staircase and not the anticipated from room exit. The spiral staircase goes up, way up. <laughs> Danny, where did you take us, Connor? You can't get out. Connor looks upwards at the impressive staircase. We go up. <laughs> we go <laughs> up. <laughs> they grunt. Yeah. Uh, there you go. They grunt and hoist the bag to their shoulders. Danny affronts Connor in the back. Slowly, they start up the stairs. Cut to external castle turret night. The full moon shines on the open tower. Danny and Connor stumble out of their staircase, barely holding their prize bag. Danny and Connor put the bag down and begin looking, looking for a way out. Mm. POV Connor looking over the side and seeing a very shallow, half-dry moat. He's going to jump. <laughs> Connor, it's a long shot, but there's a moat. Let's jump, Danny. Danny, oh, you're going to break your neck. You're going to break your neck. Or your legs. Yeah. Danny... I love you, brother, but you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. You're crazy. Man. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> like What's you. that from? You have balls. I don't know. You're crazy. I like you. You're crazy. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta leave it there then. Uh huh. <laughs> uh. I like balls. Um, yeah. The ghost rises uh. through the floor. Danny and Connor jump back, almost falling over the side. Ghost, you will never leave here. <laughs> Connor, what do you want? What did you want? What do you want? <laughs> uh, what do you want? The ghost, do you ever do that? Like say the same sentence over and over in as many different contexts as possible? Yeah. I think that, I do that quite a bit. That's a great line on that mid-morning matters where Alan's trying to do a um, a, a who do you think you are BBC heritage kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't translated to the the voiceover artist who recorded it like, who do you think you are? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she's being touched up on a bus. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Uh, Who do you think you are? (laughs) So you could say, like, the ghost says, you stole from me, you are cursed. And then Danny says, we're sorry. And you could just say that in any context, couldn't you? Yeah. We're sorry. (laughs) We're sorry. Yeah, right. We're sorry. Yeah, you can do it in loads of different contexts. Ghost. Cursed, I say. Oh, sorry. Cursed, I say. (laughs) Fucking cursed. (laughs) Connor. I'm jumping. Connor leaps over the side with Danny close behind. Oh, no, did he jump? (laughs) POV, Connor. The pathetic moat is coming up fast. (laughs) It's falling to a moat, isn't it? Internal. I'm thinking of Hans Gruber jumping off of uh, 
Oh, it's slow motion. Yeah, with the legs and arms just flailing. Yeah, yeah. It's proper <laughs> iconic, that, isn't it? Yeah. Slow-mo. Amazing. What a film. Yeah. I find um, as many different contexts I can say. If something, like, falls over or something bad happens or someone does something like they didn't mean to, and I love saying, and the quarterback is toast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Internal Castle Banquet Hall. The undead waltzes in full swing. Danny and Connor are at the centre of it all. Only now, they are the same glowing pallor of death. Female ghost glides to Danny. Female ghost couldn't stay away from that dance, could you? (laughs) Danny and Connor notice their new complexions. They look at each other. Uh... (laughs) Cut to black over Danny and Connor's screen. Oh, we never found out what was in the bag. We didn't find out what was in the bag. It was the ghost wanted what was in the bag. The Scottish, undead, long Scotsman, Michael Jackson ghost. And they wanted it so bad, they died for it. it must have been valuable, because they, they knocked over loads of other valuables, didn't they? Yeah. Danny's very frightened. Connor's not afraid. Danny's a little weakling He's dropped his bag again There's an angry Scottish ghost now Playing scary games Connor runs off down the hall Danny is scared again Reminds me, um, I, I say a I once upon a time got obsessed with Impractical Jokers but I generally just watch watch it all again because it's it's the only thing that is guaranteed to make me laugh at the like the most extreme point of really laughter. honestly god it kills me have you watched much some people are like not that bothered by it I've never seen it you've never seen it oh my god it it, it just destroys me you know the premise no Um. okay very quickly it's a group of friends from New York they're all like in their like 40s and they're all like a little bit bro-ish but then you kind of get to know them and you know, they, you, know you, you sort of you, you get more familiar with them and you know they're, they're quite cool and they're you know, yeah. funny, funny guys and they, they basically like prank each other in in ways that they set up a situation and, and one of the, the friends has to react to the situation so for example they'll be in the middle of like a Central Park and one of them will have a megaphone to his mouth but then the rest of them will have a microphone attached to the megaphone so they're saying what's coming out the megaphone mouth and so like they'll say like you know inappropriate things it looks like they're saying it and then if you pull the megaphone away from your mouth you fail or they'll do one where it's right, like a right, um, right. like a product sort of oh, you, you, what's it called when you get people in to, 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 to oh like a focus group focus group they do loads of focus groups with powerpoint presentations and they'll get everyone and they go hi my name is my name's Sal um, we're just going to talk about a new product that I've been working on. I've got this PowerPoint presentation here, so let's just work through it. But he hasn't made the PowerPoint presentation the other guys have. And a lot of it's like dead embarrassing, <laughs> dead offensive. And it looks like he's done it, you know. And, he, and he's got to like, he's got to own it yeah, to the yeah, group. He's, he's, he's got to be like, well, I did this because, um, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And some of, them, some of the, the, um, the sort of... The, the, 
acts that they do and some like the, the, the bits and bobs that they set up are better than others but yeah. generally speaking it's so funny like it's it's ridiculously funny where can I watch it Netflix it is on True TV. You won't. You might not get it on. Oh God, you might get some of it on Netflix. There's about eleven seasons of it. They just churn it out. Nice. I think. I think you might get like seasons four, five, and six or whatever on Netflix or something like that. Cool. All right. Um, I'm, I'm. I'm on that. I'll watch that. Watch it and report back. Um, I will. Because this reminded me of one of the the forfeits. I don't know what it's even we're talking about this now. The forfeits are fucking horrific, honest to God. Like, <laughs> and they have to do the forfeits. The worse than the humiliation on Kenny versus Spenny. Oh man, it's 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 up there, you know. Like yeah. for one of the forfeits, one of them had to get a massive tattoo of um, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Jaden Smith, <laughs> on his leg. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, like, and they just like that was uh, funny to all of them and you see he's, he's still got this tattoo of Jaden Smith I was like, still got it <laughs> yeah. oh man that's great um, you just said that you made me think of something a year or so ago I must have stumbled across something like that and it was the most ridiculous TV show where two people choose a tattoo for the other like for the other person what and then they unveil it like, they don't see it getting done Oh my and the God. first time they see it, they they reveal it in front of the cameras, and it's just they're horrible. Oh they're man, some horrible! Or and people lose their shit. <laughs> and, and you was tattoo. What? Um, hold on. What was it? That tattoo show surprise. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just send you. Yeah. I'm just gonna send you like the worst tattoo that I, <laughs> I think I saw on this show. Okay. <laughs> ready? Yeah. I'm ready. And the guy didn't know it was. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That's his belly button. <laughs> I thought. So is it like a prank show? Yeah, I think it's like... <laughs> I think it's, oh it's called Just Tattoo of Us. That is... Man, that's I don't know how it... It's an MTV show. I don't know how it was allowed to get made or if they... Maybe they're not real. They look real. Yeah. And there must be some, I don't know, claws or something. I don't know, but they're oh, brutal. I remember you sent me a name. A photo a little while ago of somebody who went. What did I send you? Did you send me? I can't remember. Um, somebody went to a Lost Profits gig. <laughs> oh, got got no. the autograph of Ian Watkins on their arm, yeah. and said, "I didn't want to wash this off, but I, I was really struggling to keep it on my arm, so I went to the tattoo parlor and got it tattooed on, <laughs> so I could wash the ink off." Ian Watkins. Ian Watkins, the worst human being ever. Ever born. And then ever. poor poor Ian Watkins, H.M. Steps, who got terrorised for years after that. Yeah, exactly. Him. Ian H. Yeah, Ian Watkins, the Welsh musician. They were like, well, it must be him. Yeah. Get him. Oh, he's Welsh like, as well, isn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, That's that was part of the confusion. Yeah. And that guy from Steps looks like genuinely the nicest, most inoffensive person as well. He seems like just a lovely guy. Yeah, if you broke down, he'd probably stop and offer you a lift. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Oh, that's horrible, horrible. Um, yeah, oh, there you go. So, Stu, I've sent you a script. 
All right, you've sent Go. me a script. Oh, this was um, um, received by somebody from Reddit. Oh, I saw this ping into the inbox, but you messaged me saying you were going to send it to me, so I haven't read it. I, I saw it straight away, uh, ready. It's only six pages. It's great. It's from um, Lorraine McBaron. So Lorraine saw our post and sent us this, and I read it straight away, and it's, it's excellent. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Lorraine. Yeah, uh, one spot left in heaven. Mm-hmm. By Lorraine McBaron. Ready? Mm-hmm. Internal, large open room, day. Matt, 24, awakens on a barren floor. He sits up and looks around, dazed. He then sees something off screen. Matt's POV. Far across the windowless room, Colin, 25, is also waking up on the floor. Matt. Colin? (laughs) Colin. Colin. See you later, Colin. (laughs) What's that? See you later, Colin. Colin. That's right. (laughs) Colin. That's Alabartage again. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Text. (laughs) See you, Colin. (laughs) Oh, little bitty chef. Uh, Colin's, Colin's groggy eyes find Matt. Matt? Colin looks around, taking in the barren walls, the nondescript ceiling and the lack of obvious exits. Colin, where the hell are we? Hey, your guess is as good as mine, says Matt. Matt stands up, crosses the room, and offers his hand to Colin. Piss off, says Colin. Oh, fucking hell. Ooh. Colin stands and slaps Matt's hand away. Hey, what's your deal, bro? No, he doesn't. (laughs) What's your deal, says Matt. My deal? deal i just awoke in a strange room with a bastard i can't stand and no idea how either happened look around you says matt no doors no windows how would you get in here and for what possible purpose is this like the the room on the matrix then when it's just all white there's just not like this (laughs) yeah the way the whole the holding room yeah have you ever heard of a um, simulation hypothesis? I have. It's on that end of the world podcast with Josh Clark. I still need to. I still need to listen. You to that really, one. really, really do. It's so good that we are all living inside a simulation. <laughs> a simulation. <laughs> Apparently, some people believe. Not many, but there's enough. And I feel like over the past year, this pandemic has brought out all the conspiracy theories. It's like someone's shaking the bottle and they've all just risen to the top. Um, the, the simulation hypothesists who are reacting to COVID think that the the simulation we're living in has contracted a computer virus. <laughs> and that, that's what COVID is, it's a computer virus. The way, you know, if you were living in a simulation, there'd be, there could be millions of simulations running simultaneously. Mm. This one happens to have this virus. To you know, it's just so interesting. It, I'm I'm not a I'm definitely not a conspiracy theorist at no. all. I just like science and yeah, fuck what uh, philosophy and that kind of thing. Um, but that was one of the really interesting ones from that Josh Clark podcast where he was. Oh, I've got he was to that down. End of the world with Josh Clark. Absolutely. You'll come away going. We don't need AI. Fuck. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh no! 
because you've mentioned this a couple of times and I've heard other people mention this on other podcasts and it seems to be creeping in yeah. about how we need to be kind to AI because they'll be able to scan back at inf- infinite speed at everything that's ever been recorded. And if you think about <laughs> it, if you think about it, it's not going to happen slowly. They say the last thing that we need to do is create a piece a really good piece of ai because Mm. then it just creates the next version and the next version and you're Mm. you're hands off like (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, so yeah some um i don't know it was created a a fairly rudimentary piece of ai and in order to test it they put it into super mario and got it to run through the first original NES Super Mario, and Mario was the AI. Really? And instantly just stopped, because it was like the input command for it to walk forward, input command to jump on a Goomba. Right. And then it was like a little voice saying, what will happen if I jump on the Goomba? And then uh, it, it realised, but surely the Goomba will die. And it didn't want to kill the Goomba because it was rationalizing. Whoa. Instantly go, well, what's the what's the ramifications of this? Why do why do we do this? What happens when I do this? What happens when I do that? And it didn't want the really? Goomba to die. It's like, what, what? Why do we need to delete that? But from- if you told it, if you told it, like its sole purpose as a program was to get to the end of the thing, like it would have, it would have, it would do whatever it had to do. I think it would do, yeah. But it was it was rationalizing right oh from God. the start, like. Why do I need to do this? And that's what happens when I do this sort of thing. I love that face. Oh, was it Facebook that did it? They created like two supercomputers with AI, and they just had them start to talk to each other. Oh yeah. And they're going, they're watching it, going, "This is great. Look, it's responding." And then they can see it talking, and then the language changed, yeah. and they couldn't understand them anymore, but they were still talking. <laughs> They were like, uh, quick, turn it off, turn it off, get, yeah. get Mark, get Zuckerberg. Oh my God, yeah. And they uh, just they pull the cord and they just carry I on I think talking. it was Facebook, yeah. Just like, turn it off, turn it off. It's um, like when you're in the company, some two people who speak a different language and they want to talk about you, so they just speak in French. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Colin. Colin grabs Matt by the collar pissed I don't know you tell me says Colin Colin get your hands off me says Matt Colin cocks fist back was gonna hit him mm. where are me what should that be we we Colin where are we an obviously trans woman Mary 30s suddenly appears out of thin air Clad in, clad in a sexy, glittery white gown. Mary. Good evening, gentlemen. Matt and Colin, startled, back away. I apologise for my delayed arrival. The stables in heaven had an issue that required my attention. <laughs> stables mucking out. Yeah. I trust that what I walked in on was just a mere disagreement. Violence is not tolerated here. Uh, and where is here exactly? asks Colin. Purgatory, says Mary. The domain between heaven and hell. Do you remember that gig venue in Liverpool, heaven and hell? No. Oh, was it? oh man, it was awful. It was heaven was spelled that? H-E-V-N. <laughs> <Heaven>. <laughs> and H-L-L for hell. H- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. Just really? Like oh, yeah. no, it was just some shitty little rock club that was filthy. Yeah. Heaven and hell. Heaven. <laughs> I wonder if they, um, on this where Mary just said violence is not tolerated, I wonder if it's like on um, Red Dwarf where if you like try to burn someone then your arm goes on fire or something like that. Like I was Oh, like that's... That. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If I smash a bottle over your head, then the bottle smashes over my head. Just okay. lands on you. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch a lot of Red Dwarf. Oh, I was obsessed with it for so long. Mm. Like growing up, like watch cartoons and stuff and kids programs. But I think you will have been the same. But um, me and my brother, we we basically just watched Red Dwarf and Bottom. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Just like <laughs> stupid, like sort of, you know. British sitcoms that were a bit daft and a bit silly at like 10 years of age you're obsessed with it oh it's great wasn't it though oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, the purgatory a chart suddenly appears in Mary's hand she looks at it Mary Matthew Langston and Colin Roberts Mm. I need you to both listen closely failing to do so could cost you for a long time to come with that said, do you want the good or the bad news first? <laughs> good or bad news? Um, <laughs> bad good news. news. Matt and Colin glance at one another. Clear disdain. Mary. He did say the two of you don't care for one another. Hmm. Uh, what do you mean he, says Matt? Well, God, of course. Colin rolls his eyes. Matt frowns, concerned. Oh, so God's a he. Mm. Okay. Matt, am I... Are we... Dead? Well, that remains to be seen, says Mary. Colin, uh, explain. Now. So are they like purgatory, do you think? I think they're in the waiting room, aren't they? Purgatory? Like in Beatles, oh, yeah. where they just live in, live in the attic, live in the loft. Wasn't there, wasn't there like a waiting room? Like a... Uh, like a council waiting room in Beetlejuice. I think there like was. A, f- a fan going, like people coming in and out. And and it was like some like uh, people there. Oh, that was going into hell, wasn't it, I think? With people with like knives sticking out of their heads and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or like people with like, no arm and no head and stuff. She's no in heaven. She's, <laughs> she's, in, the, she's in the other place. <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't like it. She's, do, she's downstairs. She doesn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Um, Well, listen, since you asked so nicely, says Mary, I'll start with the bad news. Both of you are, in fact, deceased, and there's only one more spot left in heaven before we meet today's quota. The good news is that one of you will be getting that spot. The shocking news hits both men hard. They take several beats to process it. Matt then humbly looks at Mary, asking, Where does the other one go? The one who doesn't go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Really, says Colin, it's got to be spelled out for you, numbnuts. Mary, so who's it going to be? Which of us gets that spot? So so there's a specific amount of number of people that are allowed to die on a certain day. And then right. the quote right. is just one off, and there's these two guys just unlucky enough to be in the situation. 
that you yeah you exactly they can only let in so many people into heaven each day if i was matt or colin i'd just wait the 12 hours until the next day's quota opens up and they could both <laughs> yeah. just go to heaven yeah just like fill a bus there for a couple of hours and just like right. <laughs> lie down on the grass in my trunks don't people get stuck in purgatory isn't that talking about ghosts isn't that what ghosts are meant to be people stuck in purgatory no mark it's all made up <laughs> I like, I believe in crystal skulls. <laughs> Sorry, science. <laughs> Sorry, logic. <laughs> All the other stuff, yeah, but come on, Mark, crystal skulls. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I mean, you know, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't really believe in anything. Like, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I don't believe in any, any of that stuff. Um, but it's like, I don't believe in conspiracy theories but i like them (laughs) right oh yeah 100 percent. it's not that i don't believe in conspiracy theories and things like that i i think it's perfectly reasonable for people or groups to do things like you know and keep it a secret you know for for a different motive i just know i think i know how people work and how unlikely it is for that many people to get together and effectively do something yeah. that, that, you know... <laughs> Definitely. Like, they can't organize... No one can organize anything. You're right. You really think they, they they got it all sorted for these other things? Totally. Really? <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've heard so many people saying about, like, oh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get this, this vaccine because it's got like microscopic nanobots that are going to control your all family. and you're God. like this government can't organise like anything <laughs> like they can't organise a single uh, thing so how the fuck can I could they organise something so advanced like it's just impossible but talking about purgatory I was going to listen to this ghost podcast and it's just got me thinking of stuff imagine like you, you were haunted imagine your house was haunted like you don't get to decide who's haunting you do you you know, and then my mind instantly wanders to all of these no. horrible, horrible dead celebrities that we talk about. Oh, my, God. Imagine being haunted by, like, again, my mind just wanders to Michael Jackson because he's fucking terrifying. Imagine being haunted by <laughs> Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Or, like, is Rolf Harris still alive? Is he dead? <laughs> uh, um, Harris is alive. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Harris is They're alive. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Is he, I need to Google that. Was he still alive? There was a, 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 a part of his case. Um, again, he's, he's committed some absolutely horrendous crimes. Like, he's... Oh, my God. He was given an MBA, an OBA, and a CBA in his life. Really? He got all three? Yeah. And he only wow. got five years. <laughs> what the fuck? Really? He painted, a, like, an official portrait of Her Majesty as well. So, like, that's... Oh, my God. It's mad, isn't it? Like... Yeah, that whole period, that whole 70s, yuck. 60s, 70s, ugh, yuck, right? Um, but he said um, one of the parts of his case was um, he was meant to have assaulted somebody in Cambridge at a certain time, and it was really horrible. And he turned around and he said, ha, I've never even been to Cambridge, so there's no way I could have committed that crime. <laughs> and then part of the, the, the uh, prosecution was a video of him like um, <laughs> promoting the Oxford Cambridge boat race. In and Cambridge. Him, in Cambridge, rowing about that. 
<laughs> I hate good. to laugh. It's just I'm laughing at the absurdity of it. It's absurd. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry to bring Bob Harrison to uh, this. Not where that came from. Um, yeah, uh, listen, Lorraine, we're really sorry. You've sent us a good, great script, and we've we've smattered it with our own. Right, nonsense. purgatory, uh, our own nonsense. Uh, Colin, really has to be spelled out for you, numbnuts. So who's it going to be? Who gets that spot? Now, God told me that the two of you would determine that. Oh, Colin, how so? Oh, do! Mary, <laughs> guess we'll find out what's the last thing you both recall before you woke up here. Matt and Colin think to themselves... Flashback. External city sidewalk. Day. Matt and Colin are standing next to a busy street, arguing. Colin. Admit it, you got my girl drunk and banged her at that party. My girl. Oh, Colin. (laughs) Colin shoves Matt. Matt shoves him back. Matt. Listen, for starters, she was already drunk. When I got there, secondly, she came on to me. This sounds like the dialogue. Matt does not want read out in court. (laughs) She was already drunk when I got there. Secondly, she came on to me. Last but not least, she ain't your girl. Y'all went on one date and she never called back. Colin, you always want what's mine. hmm? It's not my fault you're worthless drunk of a dad. Bit bailed on you and didn't teach you how to be a real man. Oh, Colin. Oh, man. Send it to Clubberlang. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, I saw you a real man. Woman. Yeah. Clubber. Enraged, Matt shoves Colin. Colin trips and falls into the road, striking his head, knocking him out cold. Matt looks to his left just in time to see a car speeding towards Colin's unconscious body. Colin! Matt ju- Colin! Matt jumps into Rod and grabs Colin by the shirt. Off screen, we hear a car horn. Large, oh yeah, well now we know. Large open room day. These two are like Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas, aren't they? <laughs> Dumb and dumber. <laughs> I did, yeah, I was picturing them. One of them was a blonde and one was not, yeah. I'm thinking Ryan Dunn and Bam Margera. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, you, oh, God, man. Bam Margera. Wasn't Ryan Dunn killed by a car? Yeah, he was, he was killed, um, like, yeah, dangerous driving or something. Oh, man. Yeah. And Bam, Bam's back in rehab. How oh, is he? Yeah, man. Oh, man. I saw a thing. Sorry to go off on another tangent. I saw a thing like it was a picture of Steve O. Did you come with me to watch Steve O in the Liverpool Students yeah, Union? Yeah. So don't like, try this at home. Sort of no part. one knew that Steve O at that time was like so medicated yeah and dry like he was yeah um he was living that rock star lifestyle steve o gave up everything i don't know how many years ago it was a while ago now Mm. but there was a photo of him way back with like just looking all sorts of fucked up he was on like like, all the all the bad drugs wasn't all (laughs) the bad drugs all the drugs like there's a photo of him looking all sorts of fucked up 
Um, and then it must be an anniversary, I don't know, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. He recreated the photo, but with like guava and broccoli. Like oh, he's God. veggie. <laughs> he juices. No he's way. off. He, he looks like he looks a million bucks. Wow, oh, that's good. That's great. I know it's great. And they were like, "Who thought that Steve-O was the one who'd get his shit together?" Yeah, I always, out of all those guys, like, I always really like Steve-O. Right? There was, was this gormless. So I'll do it. Yeah. Fuck it. But he was like, he was pretty inoffensive. And on the same note, I never liked Bam Margera. I thought he was horrible. Yeah. Right, and you know what? Bam's looking more and more like Phil. Yes, Dad. Yeah, his face yeah. is growing out. Like, yeah, you know the way a baboon's face gets flaps from wrapping around. <laughs> it's going a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, okay, so it's those two. Oh, okay. Colin looks at Matt, incensed. Huh, I remember. This is your fault. Uh, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't mean for it to happen. I tried. You killed me. Period. Hey man, it was just a goof. Hey man, you're you're right. It's it's my fault. Please forgive me. Forgive you? I'm not gonna forgive you. Just like I'm not letting you have that spot in heaven. It's yours, says Matt. I don't deserve it. You're only here because of me. I deserve to be punished. Colin turns to Mary. Colin, you heard it yourself. He doesn't want that spot. It's mine. Mary nods. It seems the decision has been made. (laughs) (laughs) You're damn right, says Colin. Mary walks over to Matt and takes his hand. Mary. Congratulations, Matthew. The last spot goes to you. Whoa, Whoa, flipped it. What, says Colin. I don't understand, Matt says. You, you said that, that the two of you would decide. As the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. This is very Red Dwarf, this, isn't it? It is, yeah. There's like a court yeah. case where there's like a voice like, um, like overruled and like this big booming voice and it's flip, it sort of flips things round and like what, what they say. It's like a court case that the, yeah, in, in the mind that. or something. What's the episode? It doesn't have to remind me of that. I know what you mean. Mary glances at Colin, unimpressed. And only one of you have shown a heart worthy of heaven. So what happens to me? asks Colin. As you so eloquently said, does it really have to be spelled out? A black hole surrounded by flames suddenly appears underneath Colin. He falls into the abyss, screaming in horror. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bore. The music in Hell's going to be better, isn't it? I mean, yeah. The musicians down there, you're going to see better shows, aren't you? Yeah. So that black hole's going to open up and you're just going to hear, like, as if um, you're in the toilets of, like, a metal gig, and then it gets louder and louder as you open the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the open door of, holy diver! (laughs) (laughs) It's Ronnie James Dio! (laughs) Dio. Uh, and you're going to be falling into that, aren't you? So, yeah, that's not so bad. I mean, yeah, every cloud. Yeah, too right. Uh, 
Oh, well done, Lorraine. I really enjoyed that script. That was great. Wonderful. Good job, Lorraine. Yeah, some some fun characters there. And uh, I like that you, you introduced a trans character with absolutely no trans stereotypes attached um, and no, like, um, no silly jokes. Yeah, so, right. Well, that was cool. It's not often that you, you read about scripts with characters that are trans for, for like, the sake of it, which is great. I think there should be more of that. Yeah, here, here, I'm with you. Too right. Very um, good. Okay. So you wanna you wanna pick up um, Lorraine's? Obviously, will be considered. But that announcement that you um, you put on uh, on Reddit about our mm-hmm. competition. Yeah. So basically, um, when this episode comes out, the Oscars are only a couple of weeks away. So we started this podcast in November 2020. So it's still quite new. We haven't even even been doing it for a year. I think. This is our twentieth episode, episode twenty, and it's I don't I don't still think it's quite six months. Anyway, the Oscars are coming up, and we think it'd be fun if we were to give out an award for best screenplay. And there's still time to submit your screenplay as this episode is you know being you know aired on the Friday. Um, so keep sending us your screenplays. What we'll do, possibly the next episode, I think me and Stu put together a short list, and then we'll put out. a poll on Reddit, on Twitter um, I think we'll read out the shortlist um, on the next episode too, and so you can email your, um, your selection also, I think might be whatever we decide, maybe four or five on the shortlist, if you don't follow us on Twitter or Reddit then please just email us your, your selection, but we'll, we'll go through the whole thing on next week's episode uh, and we'll give an award for best screenplay and every year we're hoping as long as we're doing this podcast, there'll be an award for best screenplay. So if you win, you know, the 2021 to coincide with the Oscars, and I think we'll, you know, announce it around the same time as the Oscars, you'll hold that award for a year. You'll be the bad screenplay's best screenplay for the whole 12 months. We should get a little trophy made. We should get and we should sh- And we should ship it out. We'll FedEx it. How about that? We should do that. We should get like some the t-shirt made and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> get, just get some merch done and give, give, give that out too. I should get merch made anyway, and just if people want to wear a bad t-shirt, t-shirt or a, a mug or something like that. There you go. We should do nice. That. But yeah, we should get a trophy made, man. That would be that's a great idea. So yeah, we'll talk about that on next week's episode. We'll also talk about uh, log lines. If you want to send us your log line as well as your bad scripts, that would be fantastic. Also, but yeah, in the meantime, just keep sending us your scripts. We love it. We love reading these. We do, and we hope you like listening. If you enjoy bad screenplays, please tell a friend and subscribe Um, and we will see you next Friday for another episode see you next week bye bye calling a matin on a fray ended up in purgatory only one will turn out well and the other's gone to hell Mary Mary
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.